You are listening to Birdsong by Verna A. Ringlander as part of the Curious Works of Verna A. Ringlander podcast series. We will begin right after this. This one, I thought to myself, was going to be a toughie. Yet, sure enough, he rose as early as I did and met me at my bunk just as I was gathering my things to go to breakfast and to morning reading. He stood there grinning as I returned from a few extra moments at the mirror to make sure I looked extra pretty that day and brushed my hair so I could wear it down and packed my hairbrush so I could keep myself looking nice all day long. I blushed uncontrollably as he watched me, sort of smiling, but not really, as I came to realize his face just naturally looked that way, just a sweet, smiling, happy face by nature. Mind showing me to breakfast sometime today? He chuckled. I don't mind at all. I'm glad you're here. Breakfast is this way. And after, you can follow me to morning reading. Toshea already offered to walk me to morning reading. I hope that's okay. That's fine, I paused. But if I may, let me give you a bit of advice. Go ahead, he answered. I need all the advice I can get, he said in such a confident way that I almost doubted that were true. He didn't look like he needed anything from anyone, and certainly not my help. You're older, so I'll level with you. What's your name? Orev, he answered. Orev? You're what? Fifteen? Sixteen? I'm sixteen. Almost seventeen. I'll be out of here in a year. While that may be true, Orev, to make the most of this year, it's best not to get too into your story, you see. Helps you stay sane. So you recommend I keep to myself? I thought about that question a moment. I've seen that tactic work for sure, but not as well as keeping good company. You understand? Being alone could sometimes make you stick out. You definitely don't want to stick out. It's all about balance. So stick together with you. I blushed terribly when he said that. I never let myself like a boy before, but I liked this one in a way I'd never, ever felt. And I couldn't help it. And I almost didn't like how out of control it all was and how little he needed me and how much I wanted to help him, make him stay with me, stick together like glue all the time, forever. Should we stick together? He rephrased. You can if you like, I responded, keeping myself as composed as I could. It's good to have a few friends looking after you. 
Friends who want to help keep you sane, but don't get too close. Having friends that are too close is very frowned upon, throws off the balance of things. That said, there are a number of people here who just want to make you go crazy. They want to see you spiral out. So if they're trying to get close to you, that's how you know they're betting on you to break. I paused, catching my breath. Got it? Is Toshea one of those people? She can be, but it's nothing personal with her. She's nice. She's just... I paused because he was giving me a funny look. She's too nice, you see. She'll get you all caught up in your story, get you crying, that sort of thing. My story? What the hell does that mean? He caught me off guard. I didn't know how to answer that question except to say, you're past, Bunk 24. Don't get all caught up and sad about your story, what brought you here, all that nonsense. All you need. Did you just call me Bunk 24? I did. I, uh, I just, I have a name. It's not Bunk 24. It's Orev. Not since Jammy had anyone responded this surprisingly to my welcome. They almost always want a kind soul, an honest bit of advice, an act of goodwill. I, I didn't mean to. I mean, of course I can call you by your name. You're really weird. I started to get all tangled up inside when he said that, like I wanted to run away. But I was afraid my foot would trip on the other and I'd fall down in slow motion while Orev and everyone saw and laughed and I wished I was dead. It's okay. You're really pretty. Pretty girls are more fun when they're weird. I had nothing to say to that. I just felt extremely flustered, almost angry. I never caught your name, just Bunk 11. Is that what I should call you? Do you actually go by Bunk 11? I don't, I answered abruptly and adjusted my hair off my face with a ferocious whipping action. My name is Uvinda. I go by Uvi. Movie. Weird girl. Bunk 11. Breakfast. Don't get too close to anyone. Got it. Yes. Um, this is the cafeteria hall. We get in line to sit. Then we sit down. Then the orderlies bring us our food. It's pretty good, I think. The orderlies grow the vegetables in our greenhouses and some of the older ones of us when we become guides which are like campers who are the leaders and help other campers get to help in the garden. Are you a god? Um, no, I'm not old enough to... So why are you being so nice to me? I would have guessed he disliked me if it weren't for that grin always on his face. 
not quite a sneer, just a look that said he found all of this rather amusing. And for his sake, I was glad. But for mine, I'm nice to everyone, Orev, I started to explain. What's in it for you? Don't you already have friends here? You've been here a while, haven't you? What do you care if I break or not? Why are you acting like you want to get close? Hmm. It's not nice to make a game of people's emotions, but a lot of people do. I began again, this time a little more adamant. Look, I think maybe I've made a bad impression. Let's just get our seats and eat our breakfast and I'll give you a break. A break? I don't need a break. I just, wow, you're upset. I, I didn't mean to upset you, Uvi. Every time he said my name, another wave of heat hit my face from behind my cheeks. You didn't upset me. We should just stop talking. It's time to eat. A hush fell over the room as the orderlies brought our food. It was against the rules to speak or even whisper once the food was out. I started to whisper this to Orev, but it was clear he understood to be quiet anyhow. He looked around in awe and ate his breakfast slowly, looking around at all of us dutifully having our breakfast in silence. At this point, I worried he might cry or spiral out, or at least break the rules by trying to speak out loud, but he didn't. He finished his food with that grin on his face a little dimmer, and every once in a while, I caught him looking over at me, and I sat looking dead ahead, looking at some insignificant point in space, thinking of what to say next, and doing anything but meeting his gaze. I think he even laughed at me a little once or twice. An orderly swooped alongside our table and took our plates and refilled our cups. We can talk as long as there's not food in front of us, but we have to whisper, I instructed. This time, he sneered. Great. He groaned sarcastically. So you say you're going to morning reading with Toshea? She's right over there. She is. Oh, well, I thought we had to stick together, he snickered. Ah, well, we don't. You can go to morning reading with Toshea. It makes no difference to me. It doesn't? <laughs> no, of course not. Toshea might try to goad you into a tantrum or something, but as long as you don't cry or get all worked up about your story or anything like that, you should be fine. Just keep balanced. Sounds exhausting, he rolled his eyes. Mind if I stick with you, just in case. He grinned at me, and that time... I caught his gaze and stifled a nervous laugh. I was utterly gone. 
smitten wild for this aura of boy. Orev was not just my first love. He was my greatest accomplishment. Because as a newcomer, he never broke into tears or went wild with anger and fear and handled everything so maturely like a big champ, which meant that Jammy, of course, hated him with all his might. We stuck together. And when his first drill came, about two weeks into his time at camp, giving me plenty of time to warn him about it and give him perfect instructions for what to do, he executed all of it perfectly. His shaggy, longish hair had been shorn like all the other boys and some of the girls, but for girls voluntarily and they'd found an olive camper uniform that fit his tall frame instead of the clothes he arrived in. So I worried it would be hard to find him. To my relief, he found me just fine, and he softly took my hand and glanced down at me with a grin that for the first time betrayed a hint of worry. I nodded at him and looked down at our clasped hands with disbelief and gave his a squeeze and looked back at his face to meet his eyes with quiet reassurance and dropped his hand as soon as we had seated ourselves on the floor so no one would think anything of it if they saw us. Just Uvi helping the new boy out, giving him a friendly hand, that's all. That time, when the fan engines started up and the vents began to blow and the lights dimmed down to only the counselor's lanterns before the emergency lights came up, I sensed the bond Orev felt for me in his own beautiful heart and the cracks forming in his seemingly uncaring, unbothered attitude about all the rules and regulations and protocols of camp and how badly he realized he needed me. It was the first time I felt something psychic between us, the unspoken way the two of us just knew what the other was thinking and feeling. Yes, I thought, this must be the kind of bond they don't want us to make, and I can see why. It had only been two weeks and we had spent every moment of it together, even gazing assuringly at one another from across the bunks before drifting off to sleep, sharing all our meals, sitting together at readings. People began to notice, and after that drill, everyone talked about us. It was extremely forbidden to form bonds and relationships too strong between two campers. Not only were there strict rules against touching each other, rule number 421, campers must only use one hand to touch another camper for no more than five seconds and only upon the arms, shoulders, and hands of another camper. 
But there were undefined social rules as well, governed by treachery and gossip and complications and loss of esteem. That first drill of Orev's was my greatest challenge yet in keeping him sane. His endless grin quavered. His eyes grew wide and wild and wouldn't break from mine. I saw them gather tears and I smiled and I started a traditional camp song about birds, about their wings, about how they would fly written by counselors long ago who remembered what birds were like. The little ones joined in, and in that dim light and unbroken stare, I could see that it wasn't helping Orev at all to hear us sing, and in fact, that was making him feel worse. He jutted out his chin and sniffed softly. I took his hand back in mine and I raised my chin like he had done and sang louder, which made the little ones sing louder too. And they began to drum on their little tummies like I taught them, which made Orev laugh a little. I released his hand, then grabbed his elbow and smiled until he smiled back, which was a bit longer than five seconds. Jammy stormed over. Everything all right with you, newbie? You look pale. This is lovely, really, Orev responded with his face alight with its usual mirth. I love the singing. Sure you're not feeling a little claustrophobic? Awful tight in here. We're not getting out of here anytime soon, and well, is it just me? Or are you turning green as your new uniform? I wanted to punch Jamie in the jaw. But thankfully, Orev just laughed and said, I'm fine, Jamie. I appreciate the concern. Getting cozy with Uvinda, I see. Jamie continued. I tried to keep singing and keep the little kids singing and pretended not to hear or notice, and hoped Orev could handle himself. Jammy, Orev raised his voice to be heard by anyone trying to listen to this scene in the main hall. I can understand why you'd be curious, but the truth is, I cannot explain to you what it's like having a girlfriend. You'll just have to see for yourself someday, that is if you can get a girlfriend. Ha! We're not supposed to have girlfriends, Orev. Uvi knows that, and she should know better. You're both lucky I'm not a snitch. Between the loud singing and the word girlfriend, I lost my breath. I stood there, mouth agape, eyes turned in horror at Jamie. Jammy, don't you say a word. No rules are being broken here, as you can see. He said you were his girlfriend. That's rule number 425. You should be ashamed of yourself. I grew wild with anger. He just said that to make you look like an idiot, Jammy, and it worked. 
And hey, if you're trying to make Orev cry or freak out or whatever, you're breaking easily a dozen camp rules about trying to create an imbalance. Besides, it's not working. He's fine. Fine? Looks a bit green around the gills if you ask me. Like being stuck next to you in this hole for who knows how many hours is making him want to puke. Orev started to get a bit worked up. Look, buddy. I shot Orev a look. And inside my thoughts, I said, If you hit him, he wins. Orev collected himself and continued in a low voice. You should go back to sitting all by yourself in a dark corner. Everyone here wants that. By then, the children had stopped singing, and we were all just sitting and standing there, watching Jammy snicker and sulk away. And then when he had stumbled over just about everyone in the hall, trying to get as far away from us as he could, all eyes turned to look at me and Orev. As we'd been standing there above the rabble with our hands locked together for much, much longer than five seconds in front of just about everyone. Thank you.